You're listening to WFHB. This is Christine. I'm here in the studio with Alex Cameron and Roy Malloy. Welcome to Bloomington, guys. Hey, Christine. And uh, hello, Bloomington. Yeah, hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're staying warm out there. That's uh, just thinking you guys. I don't think there's been a colder day this year, so we appreciate you taking the hike over here. Yeah, it's been, it's been cold. I think it actually snapped. The Arctic blast happened as soon as we left New York to start the tour. Are we mid-Arctic blast right now? I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if we are. Good to know. It's a wonderful <laughs> feeling. Very, very refreshing, very uh, yeah, invigorating. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. <laughs> and uh, um, So you, you all are connected with the local label, Secretly Canadian. Can you tell us a bit about how that connection came to be? Yeah, we um, were touring through the United States in 2015 um, with a band called Foxygen. And um, I guess, it, it, you know, in that sense, it did kind of come out of nowhere because we'd put out a record by ourselves with our own money, pressing it to vinyl, and uh, we were kind of treating it like a business card. And then I think because we were on tour with, with Foxygen, who were, who were on <clears throat> Jag Jag, which is a... A label um, under the, you know, within the secretly family. Um, we just had more and more people from the label coming down to the shows and, and checking it out. And by the time we were in Los Angeles uh, at the end of the tour, doing our own headline show, um, we were we were lucky enough to have uh, Chris Swanson, who owns the, who's part owner of the label, um, at the show, and and we had a drink afterwards and. Um, and started talking business, and it just sort of went from there. Awesome. We're really glad that that came to be as it was. And can you tell us a bit <clears> of this? <throat> so you released two albums this year, Live in San Francisco, back in April, and Miami Memory this past September. Can you tell us how or why Miami became prominent on this album? Yeah, I think in, in some ways it, the city of Miami reminds me of home. You know, it, it has something something to you know a connection that's a thread between sydney the beaches and and miami um it's also in in the same sense completely alien you know so the culture there was really shocking um but in a good way you know it was it was very inspiring and um <clears throat> we played a show there um supporting the killers uh, at the basketball arena there and um and i guess it I just kept going back and, you know, for either vacations or, or, um, or, or for, you know, special holidays. And, and it just, I just, the more I, I went there and the more that I go there, the more that I feel connected to that city. Um, it really represents for me, like, you know, the kind of, you know, debauchery and, and like, uh, you know, extreme luxury but at the same time, um, you know, having like a rich arts culture and um, and a you know a very kind of powerful and 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 thriving um, immigrant community, um, I think that you know it's this it's this incredible energetic town that is also on the front line of of um, you know climate change. So I kind of just wanted to write this love record that, you know, takes place in a city uh, and has 
my real memories um, sort of embedded in it, but is also, you know, that city might not be there forever. Sure. So it's a, an interesting kind of duality, both culturally and physically. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll take a listen to that title track right now. This is Miami Memory by Alex Cameron. We performing tonight at the Bishop. That was Miami Memory by Alex Cameron off of his recently released album, Miami Memory. And uh, we have Alex Cameron and Roy Malloy here in the studio. How's it going? Howdy, folks. And I noticed in a paper mag piece about Miami Memory, uh, I read that, Alex, you played your partner Jemima a song that really meant that when you played your partner Jemima, a song that meant a lot to you, you'd tear up while playing it, which was described as the first good feeling and the next best feeling was moving someone else to tears. Which songs from this album have really struck those emotional chords? Well, I definitely think Miami Memory has uh, has moved me a lot, you know, the reception. It's the first time we put out a record, and I think it was like seven days after the record came out, we played a show in, uh, I think it was, you know, in the UK or in Amsterdam or something, and and everyone was singing in the audience uh and that's definitely the first time that's happened to us uh for the music to hit so fast um so yeah it that song carries a lot of weight it's the first time i've it's amazing that it happened but i yeah i cried on stage the other night in in Asheville, north carolina which was um really came out of nowhere um but i think there's uh, a song called Too Far. People write to me about that song a lot, having uh, having it resonate with them. And uh, and then I think there's a song we're going to play later, Other Ladies, that definitely, um, definitely I know made Jemima cry when I first played it to her. So that was, um, it's really, you know, you just hope as a songwriter that that you've got it right, you know, and that and that there's a there's a connection to be made and. And if it if it works, then it's yeah, there's no other feeling. That's awesome, and I I mean I agree that both sonically and lyrically those are I mean they are all, all really beautiful songs. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and um, I had heard another interview of yours where you had mentioned where it's it's difficult to write about I mean just like big big topics like how to change the world or like world peace, um, but kind of taking these more personal narrative stories. Um, I guess anyone can kind of put themselves into. Mm. Um, I think resonates with listeners, at least in my experience and other other fans that I know, it really resonates with them as well. Yeah, I think both me and Roy in our, in our writing, in whatever form it is, uh, we value the specific, you know, and the, we value clarity and accuracy and and honesty, you know, and I think that... You know, that's that would be sort of at the core of what we do as writers. Sure. So, and this um, a track from your previous album, Force Witnessed, and I'd read that uh, the song Marlon Brando is about 
your hometown of Sydney or at least connected to, connected to it in some way. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, Marlon Brando is an interesting one because uh, it's based on a, on a character. It's from the perspective of a character who is um, more than likely inebriated, um, confused, uh, insecure, and uh, essentially lonely. Um, but is having this moment of sort of extreme uh, bravado um, and and is communicating with the people around him. I always picture that song taking place at a party, like a house party or something. And uh, in Sydney, the in about 2012, 2013, I don't know the exact time, <clears throat> but... Um, the local government started using uh, alcohol-fueled violence as a as a catalyst to essentially destroy the nightlife in favor of foreign investment in property. Um, you, you'd call it gentrification, I suppose, but Sydney was already a really like gentrified place. Um, and the song Marlon Brando. Uh, in the song Marlon Brando, the character uses slurs and sort of extremely out-of-touch, misogynist uh, values to to sort of complain in a way about why he isn't either the centre of attention or the most desirable person to be with. Um, and... I guess I just wanted to write a song that would both encompass the mentality of someone who would who would get drunk and be violent and also the type of politician that would shut down a city a city's nightlife in favor of of investment and money. So it was kind of like yeah, both ends of the spectrum um in in Sydney, the peop the people that you know actively destroyed the nightlife with policy and the people that were the catalyst for that policy. Interesting. What's well, a, uh, as I uh, having listened to it without um, that context, I would, I think that's a really interesting, like both dual context to have both for um, kind of the catalyst of driving these lockout laws and then what happened, or at least just like what was, what, what was grown as a result. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, we've been very lucky. It's uh, in this sort of uh, subject matter. It it takes uh, an open-minded and intelligent, you know, and sensitive listener. And um, we've been lucky with our with our audience. They've been extremely um, sort of with it on it, and really kind of. They get it, you know, and and the songs the song resonates, you know, and and you know it's always it's always risky publishing i you know ideas or characters that that are essentially villains, mm -hmm. um, but like in this day and age, I think villains need to be written with intelligence and understanding because we need definitely need to understand bad people better. Sure. Well. We'll play a second track here. This is Divorce from Miami, memory by Alex Cameron.
You're listening to Divorce by Alex Cameron off of Miami Memory. It's been really awesome to have you guys here at the station today. Thank you for having us, Christine. Absolutely. Pleasure being here. Thank you. For, oh, absolutely. And you can catch Alex Cameron, Roy Malloy, along with Holiday Sidewinder and Emily Panic tonight at The Bishop. The show starts at 9. And looking forward to catching you guys there tonight as well. Yeah, it's going to be a, a full band, rock and heart. We love The Bishop. We love the people of Bloomington. We're ready to put on a show. Yeah, very, very good, folks. Happy Tuesday. I hope to see you all out there. All right. Thanks, everybody.